Welcome to the look of love, look of Welcome to the Look of Love podcast. Here at the Look of Love, we discuss how love is viewed by using the premise of cinema to spark engaging conversations to figure out this thing that we all yearn for called love. I'm your girl, Robin, and the usual suspects, T. White and Ife, are here with me tonight. How are you fellas doing? Man, I'm good. I'm Gucci, man. I can't complain. Man, I'm doing exceedingly well. It's Thanksgiving. Definitely thankful. Yeah, he did have to think about that one. Come on, sir. Come on, come on, come on. Ah. Anyway, today we're going to move into our first topic for the evening. And it is all about love and honesty. So when people talk about love, and they talk about characteristics of love and the person who they are interested in loving, loyalty and honesty are not too far behind. Everyone who is in pursuit of love always seems to say that they want a partner who can exhibit loyalty and honesty. So with this in mind, I have a couple of questions to start us off. First, how would you define loyalty and honesty? Mm. For me, uh, the idea of loyalty, my initial thoughts when I think of loyalty is the things that you tell me to my face, would you say behind my back as well? Being one with your word per se. Okay. Um, which goes go along with, with honesty. Um, having to having the gunction to be able to live in your truth and tell me your truth, no matter how it may seem, no matter my, how it may feel, but to be able to speak on those truths and live in those truths, and loyalty would be able to abide by those things in front of me and when you're away from me. All right, I like that. So, Ife, what about you? Well, I would. I would define loyalty as being being steadfast in the idea of the relationship, being steadfast in the idea of I support my significant other, and no matter what happens, it's the two of us and we'll work through it. So that would be my idea of what loyalty is. Honesty, quite simply, telling the truth no matter the situation. And I mean, that's harder for us guys because women women will be like, so does this dress look good on me? And us guys are thinking in our heads, how do we answer this and still be delicate? Because right. if we it's just say good. it looks bad, then all of a sudden we're sleeping on the couch. So yes, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a fine line, um, but yeah. Okay. All right. I see what both of you are saying and I tend to agree. But I think um, for me, when I think about loyalty, I think about 
um, a hint of allegiance, uh, showing allegiance and a type of alliance to a particular person. And to add on, Theo, to what you said, about honesty is about, you know, being truthfulness. For me, I think it's more, it's a little bit more than being truthful with your words, but also with your actions as well. Mm, and I, think I like that. that. That's real important. And um, being honest with a person is a little bit more than just not lying, you know, mm. you know, going that route. So it's, there's, seems like we are on to something. We all are kind of similar minded when it comes to those two words. So, I mean, with that in mind, what do you think is more important in a relationship? Loyalty or honesty? Mm, that's hard. But I'm going to go with I'm going to go with honesty. Okay. I'd rather somebody just tell me the truth um, so you'll know you know what it is. You know, a, a lot of times with with loyalty, with some people, it has to be contingent on the situation. Um, I don't know. That's really hard to answer. Like now that now I'm like reflecting on it, that's a hard thing to answer. But I'm 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 gonna go with honesty. I rather somebody tell me the truth. Either okay. you're gonna be here or you not. So <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> All right. What about you, Ife? Oh, that man, that's that's super stuff tough. I would ooh. Hmm. I want to hmm. say I want to say loyalty. And not just because I want to give a different answer than Theo, but are we in this for the long haul? Are we going to really and I mean maybe maybe I'm thinking of relationship as being married cuz that's what I aspire for, hope to hope to be married one day, but you can be very honest with somebody and then leave them high and dry. With with having a sense of loyalty, it's just we we agreed upon this. We're together. We have made these vows, and now we are going to honor these vows. So I'm I'm taking loyalty, but I, I am having a strong consideration to to honesty, though. All right. That's, I mean, I understand that because you do want to have a sense of loyalty to your partner or even through just friendship. You know, you want to make sure that your friends are loyal to you. If somebody is talking, you know, shit about you, you want to be assured that your friend will come to bat for you and defend you or even if they don't defend, direct the person that has an issue about you directly to you. Mm. But I also um, think when it comes to which one is more important, I think honesty wins out for me primarily because um, it's if you're dishonest with me, then how can I even feel like you're loyal to me? Like if you're willing to lie to me, you know, through your words and through your actions, loyalty just it won't even compute. It won't even come into it because basically I know you're not loyal. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I kind of don't feel that the converse is true to that. So I, I feel like I'm, I'm going to go ahead and roll with honesty. 
Now, let me ask you this. Would you say one can't work without the other? Both are needed. Facts. Mm. Yeah, mm. both are needed. Like, I, I can't see myself being in a successful relationship without having both. Honesty is, is going to edge out for me because mm. I can value you as a person that, you know, you are truthful in your words as well as your actions. If you're dishonest, then I don't give a damn about your loyalty. It don't even matter. So. True. That's that's how I feel about that, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm about to get into your personal business. Have you ever been in a relationship where there was a struggle between the two dynamics? And if so, what happened? I'm going to go ahead and say, yeah. Um, I've been in two two relationships immediately come to mind. Um, and that would be just to kind of go with, I go with the first one first and I jump into that second one. But um, I was in a relationship where there was a friend in the middle of the two of us. Mm -hmm. um, so when things happen, the loyalty went towards the friend opposed to the relationship. When the friend was clearly wrong, right. playing both sides, but the loyalty was like, well, I knew this person longer, so I'm going to go with this person's word over yours. Mm, okay. Which ensued in dishonesty because it took the relationship falling apart for me to get the truth out of the situation of what happened. And it was because of loyalty why things fell apart. Mm, that's an interesting mm. perspective. Really yeah. interesting. So there was another, then I go with another relationship where uh, loyalty and dishonesty both played hand. It was, it, it was on the back, the tail end of someone cheating. Mm. So they were loyal to their dick appointments <laughs> prior wow. to cheating. Uh, we just go go ahead and go there. They were loyal to their dick appointments over the relationship, and they were not honest, so they can cover that up. So, yeah, I, I mean, I've dealt with both of those. I mean, I, there are. I'm not justifying it, but there are times when you are. You're about to justify it, but it's okay. No, I'm just saying that there are times. You know, you know, like I'm gonna take. Rick James's famous line from Chappelle's show, and I'm gonna switch it up a bit. And dick is a hell of a drug. It's a hell of a drug. So, I guess. Well, that's when I really understood. Like, <laughs> hey, if a dude knocking them down right, hey, you better make sure you got some substance more. Because if he was there, he ain't going nowhere. But I... that was in my younger life. I mean, I've gone beyond those thoughts of every woman is the same but yeah like ultimately with with those things like loyalty being out the window and loyalty being placed in other places and other people and dishonesty playing a place it fell apart mm, i got you hmm that's a very interesting situation um for me i probably 
I don't even know if I had a romantic uh, entanglement of sorts with loyalty and honesty. I do remember um, having kind of like a battle when dealing with some friends of mine where, um, well, a former friend actually, it just got to a point where I kept trying to tell her, you need to here, here are my suggestions. If, if you are kind of having this little stale moment in your relationship, here is what I think you should do in order to kind of get things back on track. And um, basically the relationship very much went left. And I, I found myself, you know, kind of having this battle of honesty and loyalty, like, am I honest to her because we share a specific bond or am I loyal to him because he's, everything that's going on, he's kind of the victim in the situation and I kind of feel sorry for him. Or, you know, am I honest with her about, you know, girl, you need to get your shit together because you're out of pocket right about now. Or, you know, just kind of going back and forth and dealing with it. Nevertheless, as it stands right now, um, she and I are no longer friends. And uh, he and I are cool, but we are not as cool as we were from earlier. And it's just because you know, life happened. So we've kind of drifted apart. But if I needed something, I could definitely call him and, and vice versa. As for her, we're good. Enjoy yourself, love. I'm, I'm real good. But uh, that is my take on love and honesty when it comes to my personal relationships. So moving on, um, let me tell you a little bit about the movie that we're viewing this week. Mo Better Blues is a 1990 musical drama film starring Denzel Washington, Wesley Snipes, and Spike Lee, who also directed the film. It told the story of Bleak Gilliam, a jazz trumpeter who did not always make the best decisions when it came to his career and his love life. Bleak's best friend, Giant, is the group's manager, but he's doing a terrible job at it. He is absolutely horrific. Yet Bleak still values his friendship and keeps him around much to everyone's chagrin. Bleak also finds himself caught up in a love triangle between Indigo and Clark, two very different women. Mm -hmm. At the end of the movie, Bleak is forced to make decisions that ultimately shape his future. So let's delve into who Bleak is and the situation that he finds himself in. What did you call me? I called you your name. The hell you did? I, I ain't deaf, motherfucker. You called me Indigo. What? No, come on. I didn't call you Indigo. I called you a name. Come on. No, you didn't, I motherfucker. Called you called me Indigo. I can't even believe you would have the audacity to call me by your other woman's name. Hey, well, look, and, I, and I ain't no fool. Hey, wait, I wait, do wait, know wait, you wait, have wait, another wait, woman. Wait, wait, look, uh, look, look. Let I ain't going for this shit. Hey, what, uh -uh. what is your name? Get off, Bleak. Bleak, how in the hell can you call me by her name? 
I am in your bed, Bleak. Indigo, not Clark. Why in the fuck are you still fucking Indigo? And don't give me that it's a dick thing shit either. And don't give me that it's a dick thing shit either, Bleak. Look at me. Look at me, Bleak. What are you looking at? Okay. In this scene, Bleak commits the ultimate faux pas and calls one woman by the other one's name in the middle of sex. Damn, homie. Both women proceed to go off on him, neither one understanding why the other woman is still in the picture. Earlier in the movie, both women in separate scenes tell Bleak that he has no clue as to what he wants in life. Bleak never seems to confront the issue head on and he acts as if nothing is wrong. Typical man behavior. But anyway. Man bashing. (laughs) We're moving on. Listen, listen. We'll talk more about it a little bit later. But so listen, I mean, so what do you guys make of this situation? And have you ever had this experience? I've never had that experience before in a in a sexual sense, but I have like gotten mad and called somebody somebody else's name. And I think for me in the situation calling a woman somebody else's name, I was like, you're acting like them right now. That's the uh, only excuse I had. Like you took me back somewhere else that I didn't want to go to. Um, it didn't end well. <laughs> it didn't end well at all because it's like when you do that, you open up a can of worms. Like, where's your mind at? Is your mind with her? And then you you plant <laughs> seeds of insecurities. It's like you you here with me, but you in your mind you think you with somebody else. Is that where you want to be? So you you open up a can of worms. But I know for me in that situation where I did that, it was like you're reminding me of this person with your shenanigans. So it just kind of spewed out. <laughs> yeah, I've I've never been in a situation like that. I, I and I do appreciate the the artistry of that scene, um, where he's, where it kind of cuts scenes between bleeping intimate with Clark and and Indigo, and I think it just goes to show that Bleak was really, really indecisive because not even it, it wasn't even just that their skin tones were different with Clark and Indigo. Like, they were really night and day. Like, Clark was wanting the limelight. She's a singer. Bleak never paid attention to her in that realm. And then Indigo is a school teacher, very down to earth, and somebody that would hold Bleak down. But, you know, Bleak was just like, if I can can have all the flavors, I'm going to have all the flavors. Yeah, that's, I can definitely agree with everything, Ife, that you said about Blake and um, Theo, your thoughts about doing it just in a non-sexual way. For me, um, I've had both experiences. Um, I would say the the non-sexual way it just because I'm looking at one person yet talking to another, and I kept calling the person that I was talking to by the person that I was like physically seeing. And I did not want that person to think that I was 
not interested in talking to him. I was. It just so happened that you know, my mind was a little bit twisted at the time. You know, my bad. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I didn't mean it. Um, sexually, that experience. <laughs> The only thing that low-key saved me was the fact that it was a situation to where the names were very similar. I mean, they began with the same letter. Um, so that was kind of the my what I consider my saving grace. So I was just like, oh, I hope he didn't, I hope he didn't hear it. And if he did, I'll I'll just figure out, you know, I'm gonna throw in a baby, yes, you know, some some kind of exaltation to kind of, um, <laughs> listen, you gotta be quick on your toes when you're doing stuff like that. You just- so Robin, you a savage is what you're telling this. I am not a savage. No, I, I am not a savage. And plus, this, this, this was younger Robin anyway. This is this is not a mature Robin that you're getting this thing. This was way back when, way yonder. I hate okay. We're not gonna do this. We are not going to do this. So <laughs> anyway, yeah. let's get back on track. So as I mentioned earlier, Bleak was basically caught up in between two women, two very different women, Clark and Indigo. It is very difficult to say that Bleak had a type of woman because these two ladies were completely opposites. So keeping that in mind, when it comes to dating, guys, what is your type? Do you tend to you know, stick to your type when you're pursuing a new relationship or do you do something completely different? You know what? Uh, a year ago, I would say, you know, I understand having a type. But for me, when I really think of the essence of what a type is from a mature standpoint, it only comes down to aesthetics. Okay. And, and for me, aesthetics is not going to keep me interested. Like, you can be fine and dumb as, dumb as a doorbell. Right. Um, or you can be not the most attractive person, but you hold me down. And at the end of the day, man, like, I'm in my 30s. I've dated some beautiful women. But there's always something, one thing wrong you can find on them fine ones. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> you know, they could be fine and their feet be trash. They could be fine and their hair fake. Okay, Marcus Graham. I, I, I call it what you want. My <laughs> wife will have pretty feet because she will get a those suck. Um, but, you know, if you really you think about it. That in there. I, I did. I did. Yeah, did. I, I'm an I'm a advocate for the foot committee and I, I embrace it 100%. But, you know, when you think of types, you know, people always immediately go to aesthetics. Like, I like a brown skin, long hair, uh, you know, five, 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 six. But it's like, what's after that? You know, for me, as I got older, you know, my type is based on personality now. Okay. Because, I mean, everybody's ugly when they wake up. I'm sorry. Like, when you got crusty eyes and <laughs> your skin dry, if you ain't moisturized good, or it's too hot in the house and you're sweating, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> like, so I feel like my type is the heart of a person. 
and you you don't really get that essence of type until you really get to know a person. Right. I know I went off on the tangent, but you know when no, I think of it, types, it that's, that's why that's why I feel about it. You know. I mean, no, that's totally fine. Okay, so my type. Um, I think my type my my type is has done me has done me in. So now I'm kind of open to something something different. Okay. Uh, okay, so <laughs> my type. Oh gosh, don't bury Why'd you me. have to do that sinister laugh like that? <laughs> oh, for real? Um because cause Theo, you probably know no, more than Robin in this. Wood, what my type is. Don't put me in this. Don't put you in this. No, you got it. You don't hold me. I'm not I'm not over here adding you to my foolishness. I'm just saying you know more than Robin knows. That's all. Mm, all right. I please you don't hold me. That's it. That's all I'm saying. So now back to to me. <laughs> I have a type. So I like them voluptuous. I I like them chocolate complected. I like them feisty. Um intelligent, able to carry a conversation, a challenge. And yes, it, it is not worked out for me. So I'm I am working on self and trying to get right with the Lord. And I think the Lord will send me the right person. Wait, let me ask you this, bro. What does voluptuous do for you besides something nice to look at? What does brown skin and chocolate do for you besides it being something nice to look at? Now, I'm all for making sure your woman looks good and she's attracted to you, but I got asked this by a woman one time. Yeah, I'm beautiful, but what what does beauty do for you? Mm. Those are things. Those are things that I like. What does it do for you, though? That does that does that make you stick around uh, in the relationship or the situationship based on them being beautiful and having the right curves? Like, what does it do for you besides something nice to look at? It's like a trophy. Oh. And the only reason I'm asking you this is because, like, I've been asked these uncomfortable conversations where you're pressed up against a wall, and you're like, you know what? I've never thought about that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, it's like I had to be honest. It was an ego thing. Like, I want my woman to be attractive. So they'd be like, you know, throw your wife bad. Yeah. It's, it's, pat me on my back. My wife bad. <laughs> but, you know, do I have a reason outside of the attraction? No, I don't. I just want an attractive wife. So I'm asking you to see if you got anything else. Like, you, you laid out your type, but you know, what is it besides I like what I like and does it benefit you in any way? Those are those are my preferences. I does it really do anything for the relationship or for me in the long run? No. It probably gets my attention quicker, but who's to, but who, who's to say the woman that's really for me, what if she has none of those things? Is that is, is is my type actually going to steer me away from the woman that I actually need? So that's why I'm saying I'm a work in progress where it's like, okay, I have a type, but let me be open to a person that's that'll really 
build me up. Someone that 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 is actually for me because yeah, I can have a type and that type that type of woman may be, oh, Ife, you do bring something to the table. I like you, but in the end, is that really gonna be conducive for me? And those are the questions that I've started to ask. But to answer your question, Theo, those are my preferences. That's all. They're really my preferences. That's that's it. I could I, I'd be I'd be fine. If if some if I if I met a woman and they didn't have all the qualifications of the type that I have, I see. All right, I see where you're coming from. Um, for me, I do have a type. However, um, the type is more so of a preference. I don't necessarily have to have just historically off top who I've been attracted to is, you know, has that particular characteristic that I really like. Um, But my thing is I have the bottom line, I, Robin, me, have to be attracted to that person. That person doesn't have to be attractive to my homegirl or, you know, my good guy friends or anything like that. I have, I'm the one that has to wake up and look at that person and be like, I love him, even though he's pissing me off. I still love him. Like, I'm the one that has to deal with that. So when it comes to tight, he's got to be attractive to me. Um, I don't necessarily say that I um, try to do something different because usually something different is to me, so therefore I'm not attracted to them. I just kind of stick with my type. But whoever, to the point that what Theo was saying about personality, just interacting with that person can draw me closer into him than whatever stated that my type is like I want to make sure that um that we have a good time and we get along and and everything is fun and it's good and dealing with him um it seems like it's fairly worked for me um we just kind of will see where it goes from there he's out there somewhere floating around (laughs) but you know what's crazy like thinking about types like just thinking mm-hmm. back on the situation, you know, of course, the the, the aesthetics is good. What's going to reel you in? You're going to be like, this person is beautiful because mm-hmm. we're human. We're not going to pay anybody attention if we don't find some kind of value something or attraction. Right. It's going to it's going to be right. something. Um, even recently, I heard somebody be like, he got to have a hint of ugly. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> what? <All right. laughs> Never heard it. So, um, so the hint of ugly thing kind of falls in line to what I was saying earlier about I have to be attracted to him. I don't care what my homegirl thinks about my man. This is my man. She better like him and be like, girl, that's your man. Mm -hmm. And keep her thoughts about my man to herself. But he may not be aesthetically pleasing to her. Like he might be too tall or too skinny or he might, you know, be husky, have some weight on him or what have you. And it's just 
not appealing to her. Facially, you know, he might not be the Boris Kojo. He may he might not be, you know, the new sexiest man alive, Michael B. Jordan. He mm-hmm. be um average dude, like I won't say flavor flay, because flavor's ugly AF. So I'm sorry. But like someone like Seal, for example, uh, or someone like um Michael K. Williams, like a lot of some people like him, but a lot of people think that he's ugly for whatever reason or he's not handsome. So that's what that little bit of ugly, a little hint of ugly is. At least that's my definition of it. I got you. That makes sense to me. Um, But, you know, one thing that I've realized, like where I am right now, is it puts you in a dope place when you meet someone and all the aesthetics you forget about and you realize your type is what they bring to the table by them being them. When, okay. when their yeah. vibe and them moving as a person is the things that make you be like, you know what? I ain't even tell you that, but you're, you're facilitating my needs. Like you're giving me something I need. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, it takes me back to some of the conversations we've had offline where it's like, what do you want to make? And my two biggest things was, someone who them being them makes me comfortable enough to show my flaws, but motivate me to fix them. Yeah. You know, um, that's my type. You know, when somebody can come into your life and them just being in your personal space Mm -hmm. and you feeling comfortable to tear all that stuff down to be like, this is who I am. And them being them encouraging you to, well, let's work on this, work on this. Not not from a let me change you standpoint, but them pushing you to be the best version of yourself and present you back to the world. Right. That's my type. You know, so it has evolved over time. Of course, you know, I was giving Ife a hard time because I wanted to get the understanding of it to see, you know, if all men think like me, you know, Mm -hmm. my mindset was my type is just how she looks. But over time, when you meet, I feel like when you meet that person yeah. and you look back over the time that you spent with them, you realize, you know what? You have my best interest at heart and you being yourself, flaws and all, mm-hmm. you know, even on your worst day, even when you you don't feel beautiful, even when you sick, even when you're tired and you're fed up, you're still my type by just you being you. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I mean, I think that sums it up pretty perfectly. It's it's things have changed. And it's just who you really connect with. That's mm-hmm. that's absolutely your type. So um, we've talked about types. We've talked about this crazy situation that Bleak has found himself in. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes me feel like I want to like Bleak because he's this talented person, right? But in the same regard, he's also something of a jackass. <laughs> and he is something of an asshole. Mm-hmm. So um, with all of the, the situations that he finds himself in, um, in the club, 
and all of that, what do you think or who do you think Bleak valued the most in his life? And then why that person? Mm. I feel like Bleak was loyal to Bleak. Um, okay. Just looking at how Bleak moved from the beginning of the film to about right before the third act, mm-hmm. Bleak made moves based on what benefited Bleak. Yep. You yeah. know, um, one scene that's prevalent to me is when Clark was trying. Clark tried to be that that girl to him. She wanted more. She didn't want to just be the jump off. She wanted to be there for him. You know, she wanted to joke around, but Bleak was so, I'm on a schedule. This is what I'm focusing on. You can mm-hmm. come back later, go on about yeah. your business. He could have let her in and let her sit on the couch while he finished practicing. But he was like, nah, you know my schedule, get on through. I'm going to treat you like you're disposable, you know, because he was so focused on himself. Right. Then, you know, it went on and it showed that outside of himself, Bleak was loyal to his homeboy. Mm. He was loyal to Giant, which I don't know where Spike Lee gets these names from, but that's a whole other <laughs> topic. Of- that's a different episode. <laughs> yeah, that's different. Spike Lee and these names, which is crazy. But uh, yeah, so it's like, I don't feel like Bleak was loyal to nobody but Bleak at the end of the day. I feel like every move he made was to benefit him. Okay. What about you, uh, Ife? I I feel that the movie made it indigo to prove a point. Um, just being completely vain and looking at aesthetics. And I'm and, and I'm sorry, I'm not being politically correct with this answer. And by no means am I saying one skin tone is better than the other. But most guys would have got would would have would have would have gone with Clark. I'm not, I'm not going to say more than that. But um, it seemed that if Indigo walked away from him, it was going to cut him deeper than Indigo walking away from him. Or from Clark walking away from him. Yeah. Yeah. Like it indigo meant way more to bleak than Clark did. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, keep in mind the one main reason why he couldn't get Clark is because Clark it went off with Shadow. And mm-hmm. blown out steadily by Shadow. She did. So <laughs> definitely okay 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 we got it thank you <laughs> we got it thanks mm-hmm. so i definitely would say that bleak was bleak's own hype person and the person that he valued the most simply by the way that he moved and i mean his own dad told him both of the women told him that you know he didn't know what he wanted like what what's going on like you need to pick me you need to choose me like what are you trying to do with your life and he's just like you know i i don't feel like i have to worry about that now you know my focus is my music he did the same thing with dealing with um dealing with shadow and shadow taking these super long solos during their sets and it, it, everything was just really about bleak. I mean, the way that he carried on when Clark bit his lip, 
you know, I make my money by my list. What are you doing? Like you, you're ruining me and da, 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 da. But he was just really trying to be intimate. I mean, who doesn't bite the lip of the person that they're kissing from time to time? Like who doesn't do that? But whatever. Um, so yeah, I think Bleak Gilliam was all about Bleak Gilliam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got what he deserved. I mean, it's it's kind of rough. It's kind of rough that he had to go through the things that he went through, but you did it to yourself when you only see value in you, mm-hmm. you know? Um there was value in all the guys around him. You know, there was value in Shadow Henderson. That's the smoothest name ever. <laughs> but, you know, um, you know, there was value in Left Hand Lacey playing the piano. There was value in Clark. There was value in Indigo. At the end of the day, I feel like both women held value in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, from, from Indigo's standpoint, that was his ride or die. Now, tell me if I'm wrong, but just looking at it from a a writing and cinematic lens, I feel like Clark was a threat to him. Yeah. Mm. Clark, she really can sing, and she accompanies the band, and she starts to grow and grow and grow, whereas the band might end up being stagnant. You know, because it's it's easier for her to work as an artist because she gets all of the money, whereas it would be split, you know, six ways or what have you. But mm-hmm. yeah, definitely but, rock with you on that. But the dope thing, as the movie progressed, you was able to see the maturity level and the ego level of Shadow versus Bleak. Mm-hmm. Sh- Shadow knew how to be the leader of the band, but play the background which was yeah. very prominent in the final scene where you're able to see Clark up front, Shadow like, yeah, that's my lady, she up front. I could play the background because at the end of the day, I'm good. I, I'm yeah. the dopest saxophone player. I'm dark skinned, you know? <laughs> I could dress, I'm fly. You know, he knew how to play that role. Bleak, he was stuck on ego. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like to a certain extent, it's kind of messed up. Indigo was more so of a homely type of woman that plays the background opposed to Clark, like, I'm going to get this shine just as much as you. Mm-hmm. Which, looking at the time the movie came out, 1990, that may be the whole play on dark skin versus light skin women type mm-hmm. thing, but yeah, I feel like when it came come down to Bleak, it was an ego thing for him. Yeah. I definitely agree. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a little break and play a little music for you. We'll be right back.
dig a little bit deeper into this movie. So, as I said earlier, this week's episode, we focused on loyalty and honesty. Um, The one thing that I think about when it comes to Bleak and the other characters, uh, I think about this saying that my mom and my grandmother basically taught me, and that is you don't miss your water until your well runs dry. Ooh. Mm. Seriously. So when Bleak was confronted with the question, what do you want by both Clark and Indigo and also by his friends too, he never really could give them a straight answer. When he comes face to face with the life-changing event that is uh, the penultimate scene in the movie, it is at this particular point that he decides to take action for his future. So I got a question for you guys, and I want y'all to be honest with me. Why does a person wait until they are losing before they start to make a play to win? Mm. I got my paper and my pen, so I'm taking notes because I think y'all got the answers. For me, I would say... you get comfortable, you know, a lot of times when when you already know you just secured the bag or you know you just secured the relationship, sometimes, depending on the person, they get comfortable, they get stagnant. And it's like, I'm good. You ain't going nowhere. It is what it is. And mm-hmm. you really don't look at the signs of a person being unhappy or they're not being fulfilled in the relationship until it's too late. Then it's like, baby, baby, please, won't you stay? But at the end of the day, you don't feel threatened. So you don't feel a need to make moves. Wanna, yeah, make moves to continue to win. You just like, all right, I'm good. I didn't already won. But a relationship is a long play. You know, you got to put in work every day. You can't just put in work and then once you get to a certain level, you can sit back and cross your legs. It don't work like that. All right. Uh, you get comfortable with what's familiar. If you're in a comfort zone and you're getting praised, you're making money, and and you're that guy, why change anything up? Mm-hmm. It's working. Right. So as long as it's working, it's cool. But then as soon as stuff changes and those those rewards or those accolades that you took for granted are no longer there. Mm-hmm. Then it's panic. Like, how do I gain what I once took for granted? I gotta, I gotta work harder now, or I gotta put in more effort because now that air of familiarity, or I, I, the the term is right on my tongue, but I can't, I can't think of it right now. But pretty much being mediocre, but but being celebrated as superior is no longer there. Right. You you got to do different, or else you're just gonna fade, fade away, and people will be like, "Yeah, he he was hot, 
and then he disappeared or he fell off. Yeah. I just, I wish I knew the real, real answer to this question, but I would have to agree with both of you just saying that it, it's when you get comfortable and familiar with something and you feel like you're in a good position, then you just want to go ahead and, and coast it all out not necessarily realizing that, you know, you're basically failing. So Bleak literally lost his moneymaker. Granted, he did it for an honorable reason. He went to, you know, go to war and fight for his homeboy to try to save his life to make sure that he wasn't getting killed. And... Unfortunately, you know, then everything just begins to go ahead and just fall apart. You were doing well, you know, and then this happens. And then you turn around when it comes to your relationship. Had you made a decision between one of the two ladies, you could have saved yourself a whole lot of heartache to the point where you didn't have to realize that you lost music, you can no longer perform to the level that you did before. So let me go back to old faithful and beg her to save my life. Like, sir, your life could have been saved so many, so many years ago. But, you know, I get it's just growing pains. You kind of got to go through it. I definitely agree. I mean, that scene was definitely powerful, though. Uh, yeah. when he was like, I need you to save me, you know? And I feel like, you know, yeah, it was like, that's a mucked up situation where you had to lose it all. Like you had to hit dead bottom or drop bottom mm -hmm. for you to realize what you had. But at the same time, sometimes love needs that vulnerability, okay. you know, to see that there is some level of change. Cause if you, for me, looking at the movie, it's like that was his first time really showing himself yeah, and showing his true emotions. And, you know, with anything, sometimes you have to go there before there's change. Right. Mm. So do you think that this would have been avoided had Bleak been honest from Jump? No. I feel like either way, he had what was coming to him. Right. <laughs> I feel like either way, if he was going to have some kind of humbling, if it didn't come in the way it did, it would have came in another way. Okay. I'm right with that. What do you think about Ethan? It would have it been very different. Um... However, I think what happened to Bleak was a culmination of of choices and not of choices he made, but also people that he chose to to associate with. Now, in regards to the relationship, if he was honest from the jump, I think he would have been dealing with one lady instead of instead of two. Right. But at the, but at the same time. Those two ladies knew about each other. They did. And my and my thing is with Bleak is like 
you can't treat women as if as if they're one size fit all. Like, how dare you buy the same dress for two women? <laughs> oh, my. like that's very arrogant. Hey, that it's was pretty that, pretty smooth, <laughs> if you ask me. Sloppy Pippin. <laughs> I mean, that's that's how you save money. It could have been a BOGO or something. You know what? Not in Paris, <laughs> France. Not in Paris, France. Ooh, well, we know that was in, in the Republic of Brooklyn. So Don't be hating. There we go, hating. But anyway, getting back on tax. So what does loyalty and honesty look like in your relationship? I let Ife kind of kick that off. <laughs> what you laughing for? I thought you was going gonna go first, but what what it looked like in my relationships, me yeah. being able to tell you how I'm feeling, what I'm going through, you being able to do the same, loyal loyalty, um, pretty much. Hey, we got each other's back. We said we're gonna be in a relationship. We are going to. We're going to be enthusiastic about this relationship, even in the not so best of best of times. But hey, what what do I know about that? I'm I'm single and not married, but I I know what I I know what I would aspire for. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I think for me, um, like I said, I'm going to put honesty forefront. I'm going to let you know, you know, how I feel about you and learn. Maybe it might be an issue of being as honest as possible because there may be some things that he might ask me and I have to develop a strong sense of tact in order to answer without making him feel bad or being as honest as possible. In terms of loyalty, um, in my old age, I'm loyal to my crew. And I, I got their backs through any kind of situation. And basically through my actions and through my words is how they will know I'm loyal to them. So I have to have both loyal, I mean, have to have action and words behind both of them. Otherwise, you have nothing. You have no kind of relationship or anything of that regard. For me, um, loyalty is a must, um, you know. Loyalty, if you're committed committed in a relationship, you can't have commitment without loyalty. That's pretty much one and the same for me. Honesty is if you're committed to a person, I feel like that person should be that one person that can, you know, just be brutally honest with you and you know that it's for your better, not yeah. for your worse. Um yeah. I feel like even in your your friendships or relationships with family or you should have people in your life that can just tell you what they need to tell you. Whether right. it's going to make you feel good, what's going to make you feel bad. But at the end of the day, it's not from a facetious standpoint. It's to ultimately make you a better person. So honesty is key as well. Um, 
So, I mean, those are my thoughts on loyalty and to honesty. I feel like they go one and the same. Uh, you you definitely need both of them for anything to thrive from a relationship standpoint. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So um, to close out our episode, I wanted to leave you with a quote that I came across. I wish I knew the person who wrote this, but respect is earned. Honesty is appreciated. Trust is gained. Loyalty is returned. What do you guys think about that? I agree with it 100%. That's the best way to wrap up all of those things. Um, you earn respect. Um, honesty is always appreciative. Uh, you shouldn't, like, once you lie to a person, you know, the, respect, right. the respect goes out the window. So it's like you yeah. back to, to to square one. You haven't, you, you, you're going to lose the trust um, in situations show you that you can trust the person you know when you're on your last leg or you're going through whatever obstacles in your life that's what builds trust and when you have respect honesty and trust it causes you you know what this person held me down i'm gonna be loyal to this person mm -hmm. i know they got me you know just looking back at my situations that we talked at the beginning of the episode yeah there was cheating done wrong but you know it puts me in a mindset what kind of loyalty or what what happened or what y'all went through that mm -hmm. makes you feel the need to be loyal to that person over me you see what right. i'm saying yeah absolutely you know so yeah oh, that phrase is is golden it's perfect yeah I'd, I'd have to agree that's a real good way to sum up relationships that have stood the test of time the respect was earned the honesty is appreciated the trust is gained because very few situations you're going to meet somebody and trust them 100%. And if that person is loyal to you, then it's almost a reflex or, or instinctual that you're going to be loyal to them. So I think this, this quote, it, it really, it really applies to relationships yeah. that are, that are long lasting, purposeful, intentional, and healthy. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Well, guys, we really had some great dialogue tonight, and I just want to take a moment to thank Theo for letting me run the show tonight. Yay! So, nevertheless, everybody, we ask you, what is your take on love? Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching The Look of Love when you find us, please like and comment and give us some feedback. We also like to continue this conversation with you. Talk to you soon.